0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to America's I See It. I'm your host, Tori Kimball, and I'm hyped, as always, to offer my perspective on American politics. Today's episode is titled We Can't Give Up Now, and I'll be getting to that in a second, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention the terror war in Israel right now. My take is, as of now, is there's never a justification for terrorist actions, especially the rape, murder, and kidnapping of women and children. You don't have to agree 100% with a government to support a people or country. So that's what we're going to be seeing a lot of, right? We see a lot of waffling of, well, I don't know because Israel's done XYZ. I don't know if I can support this. If people are being terrorized and being brutalized and murdered, it is completely okay to completely call that out and say that it's wrong. Personally, I'm pro-Israel anyways, but even if you're indifferent to the Israeli-US relations, you should still be disgusted at the actions of this terrorist group that is Hamas but and i won't even get into the Biden administration giving money on 9/11 to iran and that money is being used to help this fund this war that's going on in israel so that's another great move but i'm not going to talk about that in this episode i just wanted to make sure that that's out there make sure that you know i'm mentioning what's important to people right now and so if you do want a full top full episode on this topic Let me know. Um, My DMs are always open. But the thing is, and like what I most what my top what my take on this whole situation right now is there'd be peace if Hamas stopped fighting, if they stopped attacking Israel, if they just stopped, there would be peace. If Israel stopped fighting, they would cease to exist and they'd be wiped off the map. And so I personally think Hamas should be wiped out. But that's about it. So that's all I'm going to say about this. So let's get to the topic at hand, which is I am sick and tired of those in America with good, solid values refusing to get in politics at any level for whatever reason. Um, I, as you guys know, I'm really involved with Turning Point USA here at BYU. We had an awesome event where we hosted Will Witt from PragerU or formerly from Prager U, now from the Florida Standard. And it was an amazing event. And I absolutely loved it, but I did talk to a lot of people who just talked about all these reasons why they don't get involved in politics. And these are kids who are up here at Utah, at BYU or UVU, good kids who have good values and love their country, but refuse to get involved in politics for whatever reason. And honestly, I thought about this as I was looking at some news stories coming out of Canada. So that's what we're going to start out with. There's a lot of notes that we can take from Canada's One Million March for Children rallies, march events that they had on September 21st. But in order to talk about this, we need to get past the narrative. As I was researching, I was just appalled with how bad the Canadian media is. I mean, we all bash on how bad American media is as of now, but After I've been trying to research this, the Canadian media is way worse. So we should be grateful we're not at that point. Um, All that Canadian media was doing was railing about how horrible this march is and how it's all about hate and they want to kill trans kids and it's leading to suicide. All of like the things we hear on social media here in America anytime anyone tries to stand up against the trans agenda and ideology. But this was coming from the news and just everything. The only way that I was really able to get some information was diving into independent sources, which you should always do. I'm a big fan of independent sources as I'm here, you know, trying to be an independent source. And also people who were actually on the ground at these rallies and looking at their social media accounts. So that's kind of where the real story came together. Almost any. Everything at the top of any Google search on the background of this, so in Canada, they refer to this as like SOGI, S-O-G-I, which stands for Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity. And so the basis of this march is going against these curriculums that are being pushed in schools much like they are here in the United States. And when you Google this, um, it pretty much just says that the point of these SOGI curriculums is all about treating everyone with dignity and respect, unquote. When in reality, this curriculum is much like the open door to trans ideology and grooming of our children that we're seeing here in the United States. And so I've talked a lot about the gender and trans issues in America on this podcast, and I'm definitely not going to stop talking about it because we fought for way too long to get these issues to the front page. But my purpose about talking about this March is not to go over the issue again, but necessarily talk about what happened and what these parents did. My purpose here really is to highlight the parent organization and to hammer home the point that we cannot give up now. I mentioned that that's the title of this episode, and that is the point that I want to hit. We can't give up now. America and good values in this world are too important for us to just sit idly by and not fight for. So the One Million March for Children was put together by a bunch of parent organizations, um, conservative, lesbian, and gay coalitions, and other similar groups in Canada that are seeking to roll back the pervasiveness of the trans ideology and grooming of children within their schools. The first things first, this march was not about hate. Um, counter-protesters, mainstream media, both here and in Canada, that were covering the event, and even Justin Trudeau, <laughs> condemned these marches as hateful and dangerous to the LGBTQ community. And I, Justin Trudeau, as always, has kind of walked back some of these comments, but it doesn't take away the fact that he did say that and probably meant it. These marches had thousands of people in attendance and there were thousands of parents and educators standing up for the innocence of children in a true peaceful manner. And there are a couple news stories about, you know, spits and spats between protesters and counter protesters, because at every single one of these marches, there were counter protesters there sticking up for the trans ideology or whatever they wanted to do, calling out the hatred of these parents, the like. But what I really think is, is we need more of this. Um, and so that's what we're kind of going to move into. If you want to hear more about what I have to say about gender ideology and the trans theory, check out my podcast episode titled Save the Tomboys. We talk a lot about it and it's, I mean, I think it's a good episode, but I'm pretty biased. So go ahead, check it out. But also October 21st is Stop the War on Children Day. Um, This is a series of rallies, much like the 1 Million March for Children that's being put on. Um, all around the world in Canada, in the United States. And so if you check out the gays against groomers website, there's information about how you can get involved. You can attend a rally in your area, which is definitely something I suggest doing. <clears throat> <clears throat> But I'm not actually here to talk about the trans movement or grooming or anything that's happening in our schools. I want to talk about something much broader, like I mentioned earlier. I really, my consistent pet peeve is, and if you've been listening to my podcast, you know this. My pet peeve is when people say that they don't get involved with politics because it is too contentious. I just hate it. Um, I really do want to understand why people feel this way and, and I understand it and I want to get involved. But I, my life goal here is to get people more involved. That's like what I consider my life calling. That's the purpose of this podcast. That's really why I do talk about current events on this podcast. But really, I want to get down to the broader, more pertinent ideas behind the current events happening because I want more people to get involved in a way that just helps them love America and make this place a better Make this country a better place. So, when I say get involved with politics, I don't mean running for office, becoming a keyboard warrior, social media influencer, anything like that. I simply want good people to advocate for good principles and be vocal about what they believe in, even when it's not popular. That these people won't shy away from talking about the sanctity of life or how much they love America and are grateful for it and call out evil when they see it. That's what I want to see happen. Anyways, so I took to my Instagram followers, which if you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm at Tori.Kimble, and you should definitely follow me there. Um, I went to them and tried to see why people who have good values and who understand about American politics, why they don't get involved. So there's two caveats to this. Um, Obviously, people following me on Instagram tend to be a little bit more politically minded. So like my first poll about, do you consider yourself Politically involved, I got an overwhelming amount of yeses when I really think in America, most people probably aren't. Um, so this isn't the best statistic to pull. But um, yeah, so we're going to take that with a grain of salt. But I think these answers are still worth talking about. Also, I am not here to just rag on people who don't want to be involved with politics or I'm not here to debate these reasonings why I simply want to offer some advice from these experiences, because honestly, when I was looking at these answers, I was like, I've been there before. I have witnessed this. I've talked about it. Um, It's the reason that I've kind of I have stepped aside from politics in the past, but overcoming these excuses or these reasons for not getting involved is exactly why I've been able to stay in the fight for as long as I have. I mean, I've been involved with politics since I was like 15 years old and I don't have any plans on stopping soon. In fact, I'm making this my career. So I don't know. This advice might help one other person. And like I always say, if I can help one person, then it's worth it. So let's get into it. When we were looking at those responses, there were about three main reasons for people not wanting to get involved with politics. And the first one generally was just exhaustion. We had someone say that quote, "It can be mentally and emotionally, it can be mentally and emotionally taxing," or someone else said that quote, "It feels like the left always wins, and it's discouraging." Unquote. And to be completely fair, I have definitely felt this. Um, I can point to very specific instances in my life where I walked, I almost walked away from turning point from watching PragerU videos, including switching like what I wanted to do with my life. I was just done. And so I have felt this and I understand it. And so out of the three different reasons for not getting involved, this is the one that I probably understand the most. And if you are trying to stay on top of every part of politics and every aspect and every current event, it is going to get overwhelming so fast. And I say that as someone who's trying to make a living off of being on top of current events, you cannot keep up with everything. You cannot give your heart and soul to everything that's happening in this world because it's going to get tiring so fast. And our hearts are really not meant to take on that much because we still have our own personal lives, right? We still have our families that we're taking care of, is always going to be what's most important. Your relationship with God and your family, and then country can come next. But I get it. My biggest piece of advice for this is to just pick three to five issues that are most important to you and then go all in with them. This really isn't even just advice for helping to avoid exhaustion. This is good advice for being a better, more educated person in politics because you are going to be you are going to be so much more educated and likely to talk about things that you're passionate about, right? Like for me, honestly, what's kind of ironic being the daughter of an immigrant, I'm not actually that passionate about immigration law or all the ins and outs. I have a basic stance that I believe in. I think that people should come here legally and that there should be an easier path to citizenship. And I don't think that border hoppers should get all these priorities and perks in America. But really, that's like my basic thing. And past that, I really don't care that much. Um, in the way that I don't care enough to try to get into the policy and decide what's best and debate the issues, I think that we should have a secure border and that's about it. But my three to five issues that I am passionate about, you, I mean, it's the ones that I talk about the most on here, right? So you hear me talk about them and it's because I'm passionate about it and I want to learn about it. And they can change as you go through life like they have for me. But this is what's going to help you be a better advocate for your issues is you only have three to five and so, like, for me, I would say my important issues right now are the attack on women through feminism and trans ideology, grooming and education, and Americans' patriotism um, crisis. Because there's a definitely, that's, I think that's like the root of all of it, but that's, those are my big three. And I'll probably throw abortion in there too. I'm always passionate about the sanctity of life and I will do anything to defend it. But, Honestly, since the overturning of Roe v. Wade and it becoming more of a state's issue, I'm not as involved as I should be. And I'm trying to work on that. And it's something that I want to be more passionate about. And I want to educate myself on more. And so that's what I'm doing. But in reality, those are the three, I think those were three, right? Four things that, three. (laughs) These are the three things that I am most passionate about. And then I'm really trying to look at and trying to build my Political ideology about, and so that's honestly another way when people ask, like, "Oh, who should I vote for? How do I know who to vote for in the primaries?" Things like that. There's a lot that goes into the primaries, obviously, and we'll probably do another episode on just overall how to pick who you vote for. But this is a big thing for me. You have your three to five issues, and those are what's important to you. And you have a set goal that you want within those issues. You look for the the candidate that those issues are important to them as well, right? Because all conservatives, all Republicans are basically going to have these same ideas, but because they have to compromise and that's the nature of our system. And it is a good thing because they have to compromise. You have to pick someone who, when it comes time to compromise, they are not going to back down from the issues that are important to you. And that's how you know who most to vote for. So that being said, those are my main ones and those main topics. But the thing is, is if you can advocate for certain issues, you're going to make America a better place in that regard. And that's all I want. I want people to get passionate about this because this is the place we live in and it should matter. But when it comes to exhaustion and getting like trying to push through and it can be hard, just don't use exhaustion as an excuse. One of my favorite quotes and how I honestly tend to respond to people when they say that politics is exhausting or mentally taxing is the quote, difficulty is the excuse history never accepts. Because it's true. When our kids are looking back and they're either learning horrible things in school or they're not, are they going to look back at you and say, what did you do to do this? Oh, it was too hard. Why didn't you fight for me? Or when our country continues to go downhill, I don't want my kids looking at me and being like, what did you do to stop this? And me saying, oh, it was too hard. I was too tired. Difficulty is the the excuse history never accepts. And American history is not going to accept us sitting on our hands. So that kind of leads into the second reason that most people had, and I put this under the umbrella of apathy. So when I asked the question, "Why? what keeps you from getting involved with politics, someone said, quote, what am I going to do? Another one said, I'm not as involved as I feel I should be for lack of good solutions to modern issues. And someone put what we were all thinking, corruption. And so again, with apathy, I can kind of see what's going on here. But the solution to your why you shouldn't get involved is to get involved. Right. So if there's no good solutions, having good people taken out of the equation is not going to solve it. And there's only so many political nerds like me out in this country. And so we can't solve every problem. And like I said, if I'm only picking three to five issues, then I might not be solving the problem that's most important to you. As much as I try and I want to advocate for everyone with good moral values, I can't do that. We need more people to get involved. And at, at, at any level, like I said, it doesn't have to be running for office. It doesn't have to be running for state legislature, It doesn't even have to be like being a precinct committeeman. I know that's something that Turning Point Action pushes a lot, and that's great. But not every person has to do that. But you can get involved. Because imagine if everyone just advocated for what they thought was right on any level possible. That would change this country, and it change the world. And we saw this with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I honestly, as much as I've been in the fight against abortion, I never in a million years thought that this would get overturned. I really thought that Christ was going to come back before Roe v. Wade was overturned. And so I remember the day clearly. I was on my mission, and my mission president sent a text to our whole mission saying that Roe v. Wade had been overturned, and it was more of like a warning text of like, I was in Chicago, there might be riots, just keep safe. But I remember that. And it was crazy. And while we have those amazing Supreme Court justices and the lawyers that fought to get this case through to think, a major part of that victory came from the grassroots. It came from the marches, the social media posts, the one-on-one conversations that ended up changing minds and hearts. That was what led to a change in the law. And the solution isn't perfect, right? And the fight isn't over. It's now on a state-by-state basis. We're fighting to get abortion wiped off in every single state. And it's so it's a still continuous fight, but that was a major victory. We're getting there and things are getting better. And that shows what people getting involved with politics can do. A lot of those people, I talk to people in the pro-life movement all the time that are way more involved than I am. And a lot of them are just moms. A lot of them are just college students. These are people who politics isn't their main thing. This isn't their main job. People who go to the March for Life it is something that they stand up for because they truly, truly understand the importance of the sanctity of life and they understand how important it is for a country to understand the sanctity of life. And they get out there and they talk about it. Well, they're not running for office. They're not making change that way, but they got involved and they didn't let difficulty be their excuse. And so we're not going to have solutions to every problem, but more involvement always is going to be better, right? The more ideas that we have, the better the solutions are going to be. Um I mean, we say in my church a lot that revelation or like God speaking to you, giving you answers, a lot of the times comes through other people. And especially if you're counseling, it's going to come bits and pieces to different people and you have to work together to get the whole solution. And so imagine you are super passionate about, I don't know, trade sanctions. (laughs) something I am definitely not super into. I'm not really into, honestly, foreign affairs. That's the reason why I could never be an ambassador or something like that. I'm just not into it. But imagine that you are. I'm the only one involved in politics, but really those foreign relations aren't super important to me. I need you to get involved and tell me what you think and put it in a way that I can understand it. And that's another good thing about normal people who aren't politicians getting involved is it makes it so much easier for the everyday man to understand politics when it's coming from someone else who's the everyday man, right? Right. Like, honestly, I feel like that's why people have liked my podcast is because I am not that fancy. I don't even have a degree yet and I have experience, but I'm out here just talking about what's passionate to me, what I'm passionate about and what's interesting to me. And it resonates with people and it's going to be the same for you. I'm no one special. So if I can do it, you can do it. And it's cheesy, but you're going to make this country better by making the people closest to you better. You may not pass legislation or become the next MLK, but you can change people's minds. And that's where real power comes from. Um, In Will Witt's speech this last weekend, he talked about the fact that he became politically active because some random girl in his class when he was still at college had a Trump pin on her backpack and she said, I'm voting for Donald Trump. And he's like, "Okay, weird. And he was like, "Okay, that's great. And he ended up talking to her. She explained why he was voting, why she was voting for Trump. She asked him questions to hear what she believed in and what was important to her. And because of that, he started looking into things more and became who he is. He became a political commentator. He's now written two books. He is a huge mentor to me who then got me involved. And so that's one person. And that is the power of one person. I know Will for a fact, has changed more than just my life. But it was because of that one girl. Who talked to him about what she believed in and not in a confrontational way. And because of that, he's became someone who has made America better. And it's so cool. So I'm a big believer that one person can make a difference. So let's get to that third reason that people don't get involved. And this, I think, is the big one. And it's the one that bothers me probably the most. Um, But that is that politics is too contentious, Right. So someone said, quote, both parties are so radical, it seems we can never be partisan. Or someone just put, quote, conflict. And someone else said, it's just too contentious. And really, this reason of politics being contentious was the reason that I thought of the topic for today's episode. I recently ran into a friend who used to be super active in politics, like active in the party, which is something I don't even really do. But he was active in the party here in Utah with Turning Point, would help me out with things. and just everything of that nature, and he just isn't anymore. And so we were talking about it, and he just hit me with politics is too contentious, and it's not really worth me being involved in anymore. And I love this friend, and so I'm not ragging on him, and he and I are still good friends. And obviously he can and should do whatever he wants, but... The only response I have to that is that things don't get better when good people stand idly by. And I think I've said that probably in a different way, like four different times of this episode. But it's so true, right? If we are complaining about a system that's working against us, it's kind of like, honestly, Donald Trump and the 2020 election. He keeps talking about how the election was stolen. It was stolen. It was stolen. But he's not giving a response to it, right? He's not saying what he's going to do to make sure the election isn't stolen this time around. That is the same energy that people who say politics is too contentious or things are never going to change, so it's not worth me getting involved in. Same energy, right? Because the only way to fix it is by you getting involved and trying to fix it for yourself. And so looking at it, the Church of Jesus Christ, as you know, I'm an active member and I'm a very big fan of my religion they teach that there's opposition in all things, right? That in order to have the good, we need to have the bad and just everything like that. And most religions believe that, but that is a very key point that sticks out in my head. Opposition in all things. And so when there's good, evil's going to fight against it. So it's never going to be easy, especially now, right? Like things are getting worse because we know Christ is coming back if you're of the Christian faith. Things aren't going to be easy. It's never easy to stand for the truth because you need to grow in order to be good. That's what we're here in this life for, right? We're here to progress, to become better people. And you can't do that if if no one's telling you no. And so of course, politics is gonna be hard. This is the greatest nation in the world, something that God helped to establish Of course, Satan's going to fight super hard against it. He's going to make it hard for good people to want to get involved. He's going to want to have good people hide under their covers or just recluse to their house. He's going to want to take good people out of the fight because it is easy to get bad people involved, right? Like that's what we see you talk about how corruption makes it hard for you to get involved with politics. Well, it's because the corrupt people are the only ones who are running, right? If the good people are like, well, I'll just stay at my house. And if I'm good with my family, then I'm good. And I am a full proponent of good families make good nations, but it's getting to the point where there are, there's not enough influences teaching people to have good families, right? We're looking to our false gods, like Andrew Tate, who tells you not to get married. We need to get involved. You need to speak out. You need to speak truth because it's so important and just because there's differences in opinion or there's passionate disagreements or a, li- a literal or a literal fight, but a fight to have change enacted does not mean that there has to be contention. And I mean that in the way that we view contention of like that gross feeling you get when you've just been in a fight and you're like, oh, "I don't feel good about that," or that hurt me that I've argued with a friend or Letting a discussion give way to like a full shouting match and argument where now you're just attacking each other personally. That's what I really mean when I say contention. Because let's look at the life of Christ, right? So whether you're a Christian or not, we can agree Christ lived a great life. I think he lived a perfect life. And he taught us that the spirit of contention is from the devil, right? So from the get-go, Christ is against contention. Yet, he was always in situations where he had to assert truth or guide others to change the way that they were living. And he did it quite fiery, right? Like we think of him cleansing the temple and flipping tables. We think of him actively just calling people out for their sins in a way that it was loving, right? We can never say that Christ wasn't loving in the way that he did things. But because he was loving, he called people out. Because he was loving, he led change. And that's what we need to have. That's the blueprint. Even if you're not Christian, this is the way that we can see how we fight for truth and do it in a loving way. Because at the end of the day, That's really all this comes down to. And that's the why behind getting involved. It comes down to love. Do you love your history enough to see it taught correctly? Do you love your kids enough to protect their innocence? Do you love your neighbor enough to help them live a life full of freedom? Do you love your enemy enough to let him speak freely? Do you love God enough to stand for truth? And do you love your country enough to make her the best that she can be? You all listening to this podcast are good people. And honestly, I'm probably preaching to the choir because you're here listening to a political podcast. But if you have love in your heart for the truth, you will naturally want to share it and fight for it. And honestly, if you don't feel that love right now, that's okay, you can grow it. Read more books, read hard to read books. That's something that Charlie Kirk said a few years ago and it stuck out to me. Read those hard to read books, read the classics, read Lord of the Rings, read the Bible, read the Book of Mormon, read whatever you can to enrich your mind learn about this country's history, talk to a veteran or someone who served our country and keep a gratitude journal. Because at the end of the day, when you see more things that you are grateful for and loving, you're going to want to fight to make sure that it's the best it can be. I love this country so much. All of you know that. I love it so much. And that's why I do what I do. I want America to be the best place that she can be. And I want others to see her the way that I do. So that's why I mean, why I'm here, sitting here, talking to space, talking to this camera for the first time ever. And so it's worth it. Please, please, please stay in the fight. And if you're not actively involved in the fight, get into it. My DMs are always open. I'd love to talk with you about more ways to get involved. If you go to BYU, please talk to me. You can come join our Turning Point chapter. But... Everyone can get involved. If you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're a 14-year-old kid, I'm a big proponent of 14-year-old kids getting involved in politics. It is so worth it to be in the fight, and we can't give up now. So that's it for this week. That's all I have. (laughs) Remember to like, subscribe, leave me a review, whatever you can, and I will see you next time. God bless America. God bless y'all.